Welcome to The Rebound, where we'll explore the issues facing supply chain managers as our industry gets back up and running in a post-COVID world. This podcast is hosted by Abe Eskenazi, CEO of the Association for Supply Chain Management, and Bob Troublecock, Editorial Director of Supply Chain Management Review. Remember that Abe and Bob welcome your comments. Now to today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of The Rebound, moving from the supply chain to the digital supply chain. I'm Bob Troublecock. And I'm Abe Eskenazi. And joining us today is Chris Richard. Chris is a principal in the supply chain and network operations practice at Deloitte Consulting. Chris, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. We all heard the saying, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. In the supply chain world, we might say that the shortest distance between two processes is a straight line. In many respects, that's the way supply chains following the SCORE model have operated. Planning led to sourcing, sourcing led to manufacturing, manufacturing led to delivery, and delivery sometimes led to returns. It was sequential, logical, and linear, a straight, efficient line from one process to the next. Chris and his colleagues at Deloitte argue that digital technology capabilities such as AI, the Internet of Things, machine learning, robotics, additive manufacturing, and advanced analytics are changing the game. From SCORE, they're moving to a new model developed with the Association for Supply Chain Management that they're calling a Digital Supply Network, or DSN. In September 2019, they released an initial version of the DSN capability model. And that's what we're going to talk about with Chris today. So let's get started. Chris, why don't you begin by talking about the traditional linear model and why it's time for a reset? Thanks, Bob. The, well, the, the great thing about the traditional linear model is it was very simple. But the bad thing about the traditional linear model is that it was very simple. So let me let me in, explain a little bit more. So. You know, when the score first came out, you know, I, I thought it was brilliant, right? Plan source, make, deliver, very easy to understand, very easy to decompose, you know, understand, you know, what are my processes? What are my metrics? How do I use these to, to drive improvement in my supply chain? And I, I think it's it's been a wonderful, you know, creation and a wonderful contribution that's helped move the whole supply chain profession, you know, forward over the last, you know, couple, couple decades. Um, when we look at, you know, how companies operate, as you said in your introduction, it's, it's a little too simplistic, right? And, and really what we see, what we experience is these complex interconnected networks, planning's connected to all the other different functions, right? Sometimes your customer is your supplier, right? So the, the linear flow is, is, uh, is not, you know, really reflective of where we are. And so we, we embarked on this journey to create a, a digital capabilities model that is that is more reflective of how our complex supply networks and our complex you know manufacturing companies and service companies work in today's environment. So Chris, uh, give me a little bit more about the DSN model. Why is it different than the linear model? I mean, most supply chain professionals have been very accustomed to the sequential process and the synchronization required. Does this change their perspective on synchronization or does it enable them to better perform through the DSN model as opposed to what we have traditionally seen as a very linear model? Yeah. 
So Abe, it's very much at the core of what we are building here is about synchronization, but it's about multiple party, multiple functional you know, synchronization si simultaneously, right? So move, moving away from, uh, again, you know, going back to how Bob introduced it, right? Plant, planning, you know, talks to manufacturing, manufacturing talks to, to supply, uh, you know, and then, and then we execute out after that. You know, this, this is a model that says, all right, you know, planning is synchronizing across supply and manufacturing and logistics and my second tier suppliers and my customer, my customer's customer all simultaneously. So it's, it's fundamentally about, about that. What are all those connections? How do we enable those with technology? And how do we, you know, bring bring that alive to really achieve a level of planning, coordination, and execution that that has been elusive in in the past, right? So if you if you look at our 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 model, right, uh, in and the visualization of it, that's what we we've, we've really tried to bring to the forefront. If I contrast it with Score, Score again is very straightforward at the top and simple, and that's that's been great. It's made it very approachable. And as you click down from level one to level two to level three to level four, you see more and more of the complexities, more and more of the interdependency between all these different functions. And one of the things we've tried to do with DSN is really show that that interconnected complexity at the surface, but but do it in a way that is navigable and approachable to to all supply chain professionals. One of the things that you talk about, uh, I read you know, a great white paper that your uh, team put together. Um, a catalyst for this is digital technology capabilities. And certainly that's something that's on the mind of supply chain management review readers. And I know from going to ASM conferences the last couple of years, though those tracks dealing with these emerging technologies are always packed. So we're all thinking about that. Can you talk a little bit about what are the emerging technologies that are going to enable a shift from linear supply chains to DSNs and why? Sure. Let me, Bob, talk about that in three kind of blocks or layers of the of the technology. So, so the, the first is is just the fundamental building blocks, right? You know, and I, I've spent most of my career working in the semiconductor and high-tech industry. So this is something I've, I've spent the last 30 years of my life being, you know, intimately familiar with, but, you know, the amount of processing power we have today, the amount of memory and storage that we have, the sensing technologies that allow us to collect information from suppliers and in transit, you know, uh, you know, shipments and the manufacturing floor and the communications technologies that allow us to assemble that and, and put it all together and make sense of it. So, um, you know, back to the beginning of what I said, so we can process it and take action. I mean, that that's that's just really, really different now than than it was when I started working in, in, the, in the supply chain profession. So that, you know, so what's built on top of that, you know, on top of that, I would call you know, there are, you know, hundreds and thousands actually of, of different, let's call them package technologies. And they, they, they tend to specialize in, in many of the, the functions we're accustomed to. So there are advanced planning solutions. There are transportation management solutions. There are multi-echelon inventory optimization solutions, right? Everywhere you look across the supply chain, there are, there are um, call them niche or, or solutions that are really 
really designed to, to deliver uh, you know, capabilities to the humans that are operating these supply chains and, and, and make them much more able um, to get their jobs done effectively. But then the third, the third area where I think is really, it's been a bit elusive, but it's, it's very much emerging. And we hear talk about it all the time, which is, which is the control tower, right? And, and it's, it's interesting when I talk to our, you know, different clients, I speak with different companies and all kinds of different industries. Everyone's got a different, different definition of control tower. If you talk to someone in logistics, it's usually about transportation and warehouse. And if you talk to someone in supplier management, it's about visibility to what the suppliers are doing. Um, but the piece that's elusive is, is how do you build a control tower on top of your entire supply chain? from how you design products to how you manufacture and how you source, how you monitor what's going on with the customer. And that's really what I call would be the current frontier of, of supply chain technology. And, and this is really the, the, the final piece that's now coming together in this decade here that will really enable the shift from a linear supply chain to a digital supply network. Chris, you're describing a fairly coordinated approach um, that interconnects a lot of the technologies. Um, the demands on supply chain professionals for communication and coordination across the enterprise has just expanded exponentially, not only because of the pandemic, but because of the surges and you know, the shifts in demand. As you start your conversations with your clients about you know, the implementation of a DSN network, um, it takes a lot of coordination, as we just described, internally, not only on the technology side, but on the people side. When you're talking to the clients or when somebody's interested, where do you tell them to start? Do you tell them to start on the staff side, technology side, the process side? Give me a sense of, you know, where do you kick this off for the organization? Sure. So, Abe, what I always, I always like to meet our client where they're ready to start, right? Because everyone's in a different position, right? Some have a grand and glorious vision and want to drive a transformation. Other have just a very specific problem. My cost is too high. My on-time delivery is too low. My on-time delivery is low, but my inventory is high, right? So, you know, that that's, you know, everyone's a little bit different, but as, as a general rule, what, what we at Deloitte like to say is think big, start small and scale fast. And, and, and the reason for that is if you don't think big, and when, when I say big here, I mean the whole digital supply network. And one of the, the power, most powerful um, aspects of the model we've built, again, is to show, to show these into interconnections, right? So when you look at the model, you can say, okay, hey, I may be responsible for planning, but I see how my, my responsive demand supply matching capability is interconnected with the warehouses, with my suppliers and manufacturing. So we've created this powerful visualization tool to think big and think, okay, here's where I sit in the organization, but here's who depends on me and here's who I depend on to be able to, to make things uh, run in that synchronized fashion that we were talking about a few minutes ago. So that, that's the think big, but the start small is, you know, my experience, you know, in 15 years in consulting now and 15 years in industry before that is almost all of these big programs struggle, right? So while you want to start with the big program, the big vision, my experience where you really want to start is how can I go tackle a problem in the next couple months, next quarter, that's going to really deliver value and, and show a tangible improvement. And when you do that, um, not only do you get 
uh, kind of a win under your belt, but you, you brought up the, the people aspect. And what I find is these big programs can really wear people down, right? But if you're delivering value quarter after quarter, month after month, if you're making their job better, if you're making an improvement on that pain point that exists, then people come on board pretty quickly and they say, hey, I want to be part of this, right? You know, this, this program's making a difference and I'm, I'm excited, I'm energized, I want to be part of it. And then that, you know, brings to the third part we say of, of scale fast, right? Once you have built some momentum and you're, and you're moving it forward and you're really getting a business outcome, cost quality delivery, and people are excited about that. And usually part of it, what these technologies do is they make their job easier. Uh, they can do it faster, they can do it more efficiently, they can do it more effectively, and, and overall they're, they're more robust. So, so that's, that's how you know, generally we, we tackle it again, think big, start small and scale fast, but start wherever our, our client needs to start. Chris, I'm gonna throw a little curveball at you if, if you don't mind and, sure. and ask two questions, even though I'm only supposed to ask one. Uh, but the but the first one is a follow on uh, to Abe's last question. Um, we had as a guest um, one of the guys from Gartner who does their top twenty five, and if you read the top twenty five every year, what you see is this continuum. You know the the all the top twenty five companies are doing things. Some of the things that you're talking about, they're all doing something a little bit different based on the needs of their organization. If you think about this DSN model, one is anybody doing it. Um, you don't have to name names, but is anybody doing it? And you know, how far along are the best companies? And then the second question, which I was going to ask, is you know, we're in a tough operational environment here because of the pandemic. Um, and as you're consulting and talking to clients about the DSN network, you know, what's the most important lesson you've learned that applies to supply chains today? But but I thought I'd throw that other one out on just is anybody doing this at this point? Yeah. So I would say. I've not seen anyone that is that has done everything. And when I say everything, there's really six nodes, right? It's the traditional or classic score, plan, source, make, deliver. And then the other two we have are what we call connected customer and then our, our product development or digital development. So that, that, that really integrates uh, a lot of the company, right? So to, to really have all that integrated and synchronized uh, efficiently, you know, that is, as I, as I was saying earlier with the emerging control tower type of technologies, um, you know, I, I think that's where we'll see some companies getting to in the next decade, but, you know, I, I can't think of anyone that does that, you know, at scale effectively across every, uh, across all of those different dimensions. Um, having said that, you know, we've got, we've got some really, really great examples of, of where companies may have, have integrated, you know, two or three of those functions. So, you know, planning, manufacturing, and sourcing is is a great example, right? We have a lot of our manufacturing clients that have really, you know, integrated with electronic data exchanges. Have integrated, you know, planning systems such that you're you're being responsive to the customer. Worked out new engagement operational models with your your suppliers and your subcontract manufacturers so that you can strike the right balance of predictability they need to load their factories with flexibility re to respond to those cu customer demands and have done this with a variety of, of technologies, including kind of platform advanced planning technologies, plus uh, electronic data interchange kind of technologies, as well as, you know, custom built, you know, analytics and dashboards to, to fill in the white space where these uh, off the shelf solutions don't exist. So, 
Um, so in summary, I, I think, yeah, we, we've not really worked with anyone that I would say has, has really achieved a vision, but I'm very hopeful, you know, working with, with Abe and ASCM that in the next, you know, decade where, you know, there's some, some leading pioneer, uh, you know, corporate members in ASCM that are really going to push the envelope and go there. Um, the second question was about COVID, right, Bob? Yeah. So the second question was, we're in this, this uh, difficult operating environment. You've been talking to clients, um, advising them, watching them work through this. Uh, what's the most important lesson you've taken away? Yeah, I think the most important lesson I've taken away is everyone realizes you need resiliency in your supply chain, but resiliency costs money. And, and that, is a, that is a tension that existed before the COVID pandemic hit. It raised a lot of awareness back in the spring as we started to deal with it. And it's a tension that's right back here now, right? You know, as as the supply chains have responded and and just you know you know not necessarily in a very efficient way, but in creative and innovative ways, right? How how do I keep my supply chain running? And when I say supply chain, it's it's you know we we've had clients that have had disruptions from six tiers back in their in their uh, in their suppliers, right? So you know a company that provide something to another company, to another company, to another company that, that eventually, you know, come and, and hits our, our client, right? Um, and so the, um, what's exciting about some of this though, is I, I do think it has precipitated a, 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 an, an interest and an openness to look at, well, how can technology help us with this, right? So there's some powerful technologies out there, web scraping technologies, for example, that, that allow uh, allow in a much more automated and scalable fashion the ability to monitor, you know, public company risk out there, right? So, if, um, so that that's you know one one particular you know example of what I'm talking about. So, um, you know, to wrap up, it's 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 attention, right? And and when you're 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 we're still trying to balance out the the ability to hit our on-time delivery goals, but you know, with a more resilient network and, and, and there's a cost that comes with that. And, um, and I think you know, everyone's navigating through that in a slightly different way today. Chris, last question. Um, as Bob is pointing out, and as you're clearly identifying, uh, we're in the throes of a very difficult environment right now. Is this a good time to start having a conversation or implementing the DSN or at least recognizing that we're in a transition phase? The amount of investment right now in technology and in digital transformation is significant. I mean, organizations were already on the way. They've even expanded it because of the challenges that we're facing right now. Is this a good time to have the conversation or to implement the DSN model for a lot of organizations? I would say yes, Abe, and for and for 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 two reasons. So one, and I'll I'll punctuate this with with an example. But uh, the, the the first reason is a lot of these technologies and practices can help us operate a lot more efficiently and effectively in this distributed environment we're working. And you know, the example I'll, I'll give you is we were working with a client um, to really transform. Uh, uh, a whole aspect around how they do what I'll call tactical demand supply matching. I've got all these orders, I've got supply in various stages of various suppliers. You know, how do I how do I line this up? Where are my gaps? I mean, it's kind of a fundamental piece 
Um, but this client had been doing it in a very traditional kind of manual way with a lot of planners. And, and literally a week or two before, you know, the COVID lockdown started, we had just helped them implement a very integrated kind of DSN approach, approach to this. And, and the immediate feedback we got as a lot them was basically, well, thank goodness we did this. Because if we hadn't done this, we would be mailing these eight megabyte spreadsheets all over the place. It would just be a disaster, right? So, you know, just a very pragmatic example of, um, of using technology to work more effectively and efficiently is actually really helping in a distributed environment where you, you don't have the luxury of walking you know, down the hall and talking to someone. Um, the second uh, reason I would say, Abe, is and it's kind of linked to um, how I was responding to Bob's last question is, you know, COVID certainly has been a big wake up call. Right. And, you know, practically everyone in the world now knows the term and the concept of a supply chain. Right. Unlike <laughs> unlike in February, where there was a much smaller portion of the world that knew what that was. And so one of the things we've done with our clients is these mini workshops where we'll, we'll take them through and say, hey, you know, when when COVID hit, what let's look at what were all those pain points. Right. And let's use those really to say that's where we're exposed, right? When the water level dropped, those were the rocks that showed up and started causing us problems. So while, while they're still fresh and while we're still dealing with it, let's chart out our future and, and, and how can we address those you know, as, as we move forward so that they don't come back and hit us again like they did you know, in the spring of this year. Really interesting concepts, Chris. Um, and that is all the time that we have today. Really appreciate you joining us. And for those listeners, we hope you'll be back for our next episode of The Rebound. I'm Abe Eskenazi. And I'm Bob Troublecock. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you soon. The Rebound is a joint production of the Association for Supply Chain Management and Supply Chain Management Review. For more information, be sure to visit ASCM.org and STMR.com. We hope you'll join us again.